0: hello everybody and welcome to the aftermath of aew collision yes folks say it with me after the collision we sift through the wreckage the wreckage brought to you by channelattitude.com please subscribe for five dollars a month and the Hami media group this is the wreckage I am your host, I'm Christopher Rams, at say MBS, like lambs with Noel, or bullshit first thing in the morning. Don't worry everybody, if you ever forget how to spell my last name, I'll just remind you at the beginning of every show. Well, folks, I actually don't have, uh, I- I don't have uh, silly rhymes for anybody uh, today. Thank you, Freya, for being an interrupting, aggravating little child. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, I don't have any really cool rhymes for my co-hosts, mostly because... We're late again because Jimmy T. So, hence the name, Jimmy T is the rabbit from Wonderland. You know, where he's going, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late all the time because that's that's basically what we deal with from Jimmy. So, Jimmy, are you there or are you are you not there?
1: Tom, <laughs> for this show. T-
0: Tom, for this show. I don't, you try that again.
1: I said, when was the last time we were late for this show? We haven't been late for the show except for once.
0: Right. That would make so I don't know twice. how you keep
1: saying it's it's all the time. <laughs> well,
0: okay, all right, all right then. Uh, Jimmy, how are you? How is Australia?
1: Um, I'm good, man. Fucking this time, I legitly fucking was sleeping, man. It is 1:30 a.m. for me on a it's Sunday, a, a and time. fucking for whatever reason, I fucking slept through. I'm sorry for that, though. That really fucking pissed me off. And yeah, yeah, man, the reason why you can't see me is because I've just rushed in. So if you give me two minutes just to freshen up quickly, you'll see me in a second. But yeah.
2: I want to see what your hair actually looks like.
1: Nah, man, I've literally gotten up and rushed straight to my computer, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, rushed I, to my computer, exactly to the point where I even started the show it. before we all jumped on. What?
2: That's exactly why I want you to, to look like like Doc whatever from uh, Back to the Future
1: oh no nah. <laughs> if only my hair was all white just maybe but yeah just don't mind me for two seconds i'll be back
0: okay we won't uh jeff Lippman, welcome to the show gardener of doom like i said i don't i don't have any silly rhymes because usually i do that about 15 minutes before the show goes and uh well i was stressed out 15 minutes before we went live so <laughs> here oh, i right. am here you are welcome to the show jeff
2: I, I feel good to be seeing you via Zoom because I am the Gardener of Doom.
0: There you go, there you go. Hey, you're stealing my gimmick, and I appreciate it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. Well, you're you're, you're going to steal my
0: gimmick, which is getting mad at Jimmy. Well, <laughs> so. that's, that's that's all right. I'm not like mad mad at Jimmy. I'm just I'm I'm constantly like just on the edge of frustrated with Jimmy, but I love Jimmy. He's awesome, and you know. He does a lot for us and everything and i know that i mean if i was having to try to be up at one o'clock in the morning it would be hard for me too so you know shout outs jimmy we love you um yeah. jeff before we get to jimmy who's apparently gone now so jimmy just left guys he's he's bye, bye jimmy um jeff, Oi. Uh, jeff let's talk about the news because you know the last time we went live we were talking about something specific with guns and bang bang and and stuff was happening so why don't we go ahead and just discuss that real quickly
2: oh okay um so i guess those of you who didn't uh, listen to us on uncaged shame on you you should but we were just discussing the cash wheeler real name daniel wheeler um apparently july 28th uh, there was a what would be described as a road rage incident we only have one side of the story thus the, the complainant It's all public information and then what was uh, taken down by the police officer and, and who investigated viewed the video uh footage uh apparently uh this gentleman and as you know him cash wheeler uh real name daniel wheeler very creative um got into a, a, a road traffic related altercation on the on the road and, and uh, apparently mr wheeler thought the gentleman in front of him was going too slowly was sort of beeping and flashing the guy says he pulled over to the right lane the slow lane and that uh cash wheeler instead of moving into the left lane or just going straight and zooming past him Actually went into the further right lane, which I'm not sure is it it was the emergency lane or or the guy moved into the middle lane. Anyway, he went in. He went to the guy's right, put his window down, and flashed a firearm at. Apparently, the guy was filming this entire thing. Either he had the wherewithal to do so, uh, or somebody was in the car doing it, or or he's has a dash cam or he's just paranoid that way. And then uh, Wheeler took off, you know, they're, they're sped by him. It's not like they got out of the car and had a fight and anything like that. Um, police were called, 911 was called. The guy made it, gave a statement because he couldn't be late for work. Later on, the police did looked at the video. They wrote down a statement. They did um, a lineup by a program called Elvis where they randomized photographs of people who, I guess, vaguely fitted... Uh, Dax, uh, not Dax, uh, Cash Wheeler's description and the complainant. His name is Mata. Uh, that's his last name, obviously. Um, with, uh, correctly identified Daniel Wheeler. Cash Wheeler. Then an arrest warrant was issued upon the officer citing they they found probable cause. Uh, the Thursday. What's the day? Sunday? So three days ago, Thursday night. Uh, Wheeler, through his attorney, turned himself in. They both appeared at a court hearing, I believe, Friday afternoon. Maybe it was Thursday afternoon. It was basically a preliminary inquiry, and an an arraignment, whatever you want to call it. The charges were read. Uh, The state and the defense both argued and agreed upon. Actually, they didn't argue. They agreed upon the terms of bond, no surrender and passport, uh, surrender all firearms, including ones at home, um, 2,500. Dollar bond, which means uh, Wheeler had to post $250, which was probably prearranged, um, and it was stated on the record that he had no prior criminal record. So that that's something that people have been speculating on. So there's no prior criminal record. Uh, this is his first incident with the law, and uh, that's it. It's charged. He's charged with third-degree uh, aggravated uh, felony with, involving a firearm. And that, and that's that for now. Um, that that that's a status. So that is Cash Wheeler's legal status. That you know there might be a trial. There may be a plea. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, this is this is exactly the kinds of situations that we're always thankful to have Jeff Littman on because hey, it's a legal situation, and we have an actual lawyer on our team. That's why you come to the PwC for quality stuff like that. Um, thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, now we'll get into, we'll get into it a little bit here, um, when we get into the show, but, uh, Jimmy, um, other than rushed and tired, how are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> I'm good. You know, it's funny, man. The reason why I disappeared is not because I actually disappeared, but my computer restarted. How's that, right? For timing. Wow. So just all <laughs> kinds Can you believe that buttery? shit? I couldn't believe it. Thank God I got in, and that's all that mattered, but, uh, but still... I just couldn't believe that. I just started laughing to myself, thinking, "Really, that that has to happen right now." But anyway, I'm cool. Other than that, I'm just waking up. If you can tell, it looks like I've been beat up <laughs> with my eyes a little but, um... bit.
0: Like you're looking a little bit like uh, like 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 Wheeler was, um, you know, um, <laughs> at his arraignment.
1: Who? Who? Ka- Willa Cashton?
0: Cash. Oh, and, and, Well, no, he looks like Wheeler Uda anyway. It's just that. <laughs> The, the puffy eyes looks a little bit like, like Cash Cashton did when he was arraigned. Or was that Dash <laughs> yeah. Daxton? No, that he was just, Cash.
2: Uh, he just looks like he had a typical night where he lost another
1: fight to Extreme D. Right. <laughs> yeah, I right. got poked by Extreme D in the, in the eye. Right. And then, and then you, he Jeff. got
0: poked by yeah. Extreme yeah. D. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what? Whatever happened to Extreme D? We haven't seen that Extreme D since. You tell us. I did not even know who the hell that Extreme D is. But anyway. Maybe the, maybe the
2: random D. listener decided he or she didn't want to be the, the punchline.
0: <laughs> maybe. Forever? Maybe. But, maybe. But listen, if you don't want to be the punchline in our jokes, uh, too fucking bad. That's what we do here. At the HMG well, and channelattitude.com. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Well, like Richard Rocket Review, or in other words, Canada Spaceman says, apparently I hooked up Another one of my stolen laptops that I took from the tourists.
0: (laughs) Come on now. Come on. (laughs) We we know Jimmy's not stealing anything from a tourist. Like if a guy who looks like Jimmy came up to you and was like, give me your laptop. Come on. I know.
1: Like that would give it up. I know. Seriously. Come on. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) Well. well, I mean, you could sneak around like swipers. This tends to the other little wreckages whatever you want to call them but uh <laughs>
0: sorry sorry i am Yo, dealing Chris. with my children are right? they're lovely and wonderful but also need to shut up uh all right well we let's get right like into the show guys there's name? a lot to <laughs> you
1: know how we call them the scoomites so... for... oh you are too it's all right continue continue
0: All right, I will continue. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, All right, the show proper begins with Samoa Joe making his way to the ring after we have the uh, preliminary videos from the important people on the show, so that's nice. Um, Joe is making his way to the ring, and he is going to be – he's got a match tonight uh, against uh, the Golden Vampire, which uh, (laughs) that's kind of an interesting thing. And uh, the Golden Vampire comes out of the ring and he jumps Joe, which is not what we're used to seeing. Uh, for a second there, I went, "What? why is this happening? Like, Joe, I guess Joe's really going to kill this son of a bitch. But, of course, the Golden Vampire winds up shoving the referee so that the match never starts. The Golden Vampire then uh, shoves Joe into the ring. And at that point, I figured, uh, this isn't just a Golden Vampire. This is... There's somebody else under this mask, under this suit, and uh, sure enough, uh, Joe Joe takes a really, really inconvincing uh, or unconvincing uh, go to sleep. Uh, it looked really like crap, which I guess happens because because Joe is big and CM Punk is not strong. Uh, so it is CM Punk be, behind the behind the gold, behind all the gold. It's CM Punk, and he takes a microphone and he and he leans down to Joe and he says. I accept, bitch. And that's the way we get started. I gotta say, guys, I loved the start of this show. I thought this was really cool, uh different, it was not what I was expecting. They've they've kind of got me with the whole thing where Joe comes out and he has a squash match, and we get to hear the the crowd chant Joe's gonna kill you. So I thought, ah, just another jobber he's gonna beat up, but the jobber wound up being C M Punk. I really like this. Jimmy, what'd you think?
1: I straight away thought of Conquistadors.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah. You
1: with, were supposed uh, to. With, well, that's right. And, well, actually, do you guys think he did it out of, uh, you know, paying homage to to Edge, possibly? That wouldn't surprise me. No.
2: I, have... I, I, well, maybe. I, I never crossed. I mean, I, when I think Conquistadors, I think Kurt Angle, so.
1: Oh, well, you know, if you remember Edge and Christian, they were the Conquistadors. In WWE years and years ago, so I think maybe it was a little
0: they were not it's never been proven and you are you are (laughs) engaging in slander, sir.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. It might not be them at all, but you know what I'm talking about. So I think it was a little nod to edge. But nevertheless, I did like the start of the show. But let's be real, guys, it kinda went downhill from here, in my opinion, anyway. But um other than that, yeah, it was great. It was a good way to start it set the tone unfortunately it just didn't set the tone for the rest of the evening for me anyway
0: okay well that's a take and we'll talk about it and we'll we'll discuss as we as we move along jeff what did you think of the start to the show this was different we haven't seen this kind of thing happen in AEW much and uh again for me i thought it was really interesting and different what'd you think
2: I mean, as soon as I saw it and, and saw Golden Vampire, I was like, "This has got to be a rib." And then I saw the body, and like you know, the, the, you know, I could tell that there was some musculature going on there. And you know, it's weird. But CM Punk looked taller in the Golden Vampire outfit than he looks in in his non-Golden Vampire. And maybe he, maybe the boots had lifts. I mean, it's possible. And maybe that that was had something to do with why the. Uh, the, the go to sleep wasn't so good in addition to the fact that Joe's a really big man and CM Punk really doesn't deliver it like he used to, period. Um, but like you, Chris, I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. It, it it fooled Joe, you know, which is what it was supposed to do. Embarrassed Joe, put him to sleep. He took off his mask. And I liked it earlier in the day we did a show where we we're, 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 people were saying well sam punk's not even gonna be on the show do you think he's gonna be on the show and i said 100 he's absolutely gonna be on the show so jeff was right really early on and so that's my jeff was
0: right victory lap it's all about although jeff. although not a hundred percent of him was on the show so so how how correct are you because because there was only like maybe like 10% of him that was on the show. And the rest of what he was there was the golden vampire. So there was only like 10% of CM Punk on the show. I still
2: think it counts as all of him, even though he's in different clothing. Too. But uh, And and as you see under my little handle, that vampire onesies are tight. And this, in fact, was a tight vampire <laughs> onesie. Um,
3: no, Literally. I, 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 liked it,
2: I liked it a lot. And I'm interested to see... I, I want to hear the difference between Chris and Jimmy's take on the rest of the show, because I sort of felt the show at times was weird and the vibe was a little bit off, but I still thought it was a good show. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what what Jimmy thought and what you thought and where I agree and disagree with both of you, because uh, something was a little bit off for a while. But I uh, but I, I still think it was I don't want to spoil things, but I'm about to. I still think it was the best wrestling television show of the week. I'm done. Hi, someone else say something.
0: <laughs> hi, hi. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I I think it was the best. Uh, I think it was the best wrestling show of the week uh, by by quite a bit, actually. I I'm I'm imagining that this lag is actually on Jimmy's end because it seems like Jimmy's uh, taking a little bit longer to connect with everything. Yeah, I fuck think Jeff, Jimmy. You're, I think Jeff, you're actually right there with me. Uh, so um, not sure what's going on. Am I delayed Steph there, Jimmy? But it seems like you're a little delayed. yeah.
1: Okay, but you guys can hear me on point right now?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, we can work around it. It's okay. not... Uh, right, not right. You're you
1: like
2: a Kung Fu movie. movie. I see your mouth moving, and then the, <laughs> the sound comes like a half a second really? later. Uh,
0: oh,
3: I man. am yes, Jimmy. Uncle
0: Manchu. I am Jimmy. Your Kung Fu is not
3: strong. <laughs> Dragon Claw. <laughs> I want to <it>
1: fight you. <laughs> Remember that from please Jimmy killed Uncle. Michael Winslow. <laughs> 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 I'll quickly yeah. back in and out just in case... Usually yeah, that's something that you will me, but...
0: quickly back in and out. <laughs> all right, get the fuck <laughs> out. Um, all right, so we get a historical package for AEW. They basically just talk about everything that they've done in the history of AEW, leading up to All In in London. That's going to be a big, a uh, big audience. Did you know there's a bunch of people that are going to show up to that, Jeff?
2: I've heard something about that or thing or two. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to not watch that. I mean, yeah. see pictures of it or whatever. Or what I'm really excited about is for Jimmy to tell us he's got us hooked up and for him to fall asleep through that or his streams to not work.
1: No, uh, I'm, I'm contemplating um, if I should buy it or not. But I'll, I'll be honest, man. The thing that, that gets me with this pay-per-view, it's all tag team matches. Mainly. I, but-
2: well, I mean, we can go through the card later on. I'm not, I'm not. It's not all tag team matches. There's there's a lot, but there's always a lot in AEW because they have an extraordinarily bloated roster and they have a secondary bloated roster uh, to supplement their regular bloated roster, and they want to get as many people on shows. Um, it's a big ask to have people buy tickets for All In and All Out, and it's hard to determine which is the more important show because All Out is a traditional pay-per-view they have. All In was sort of slapped together. All the matches were put together in the last two weeks. Um, and it's, it's a, but with the audience size, I mean, there's there's definitely a curiosity factor there. I don't know. We, we can figure out how we will arrange to watch it or not watch it off off, off screen so the audience doesn't know all the, you know, our, the tricks of our trade. Um, but we'll figure something out. It, you know uh, we we all have resources, which those resources could include sixty dollars.
0: yeah, and I mean, I hey, mind. you know hacker Hameen is is the guy in charge over here. so I mean, we we can we can figure it out. We can figure things out. Um, yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know like I don't know what to say about this card other than it's it's a major disappointment. I mean, the main event, is is built around the idea of two best friends who are going to have a match, and we just learned this Wednesday that you know what, Jeff, they're both going to try to win. That's that was the major heat getting moment of the week was Adam and and was Adam and and Max both saying, you know what, I love you and we're friends, but I'm really going to actually try to win this match. So for the world championship. Okay. Yeah. They, they should both give it the old college try. They really should. Just great heat leading into the main event of a of a you know 80,000 person mega show that's apparently going to be the biggest crowd in the history of professional wrestling outside of North Korea and a few other things. Uh Yeah, I don't know. Fine. Next up, uh Switchblade is out next with the bullet club and card blade is there again too. So we've got all five members of bullet club gold. Um, He's facing off against Dalton castle who comes out with the boys. And I got to say the crowd really doesn't know how to react to this man. Um, There was, there was pretty clear confusion as to what in the fuck is this thing that we're seeing during this entrance, the crowd eventually came around and got into it but the fact that the crowd and an aew crowd at that reacted so like perplexed
3: Hmm. to
0: dalton castle i think underlines just just how small a niche ring of honor really has been over the years um jeff you are from the home base of ring of honor uh am i wrong here or was this just this particular crowd or did it seem like they really did not understand the Dalton Castle shtick.
2: Well, I mean, it's it's part of the last decade or so iteration of the home of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, I think its home base originally was Philadelphia at the 2300 Center. But um, I don't know. This is the same fan base. I mean, yes, you're right. This is the same fan base who yells at you when you don't know what, what entrance song somebody came know out to in 2004 that you're not a real fan and you don't know why people are excited or you you didn't know what happened in some random japanese uh you know promotion in 1994 and don't recognize the art of giving homage to a particular type of match that was done by funajewaki versus Gakagaliki. uh those are real names by the way um and uh so yeah to not know the old
0: japan pro wrestling
2: yeah. And, and to not know Dalton Castle is definitely a little bit weird because he is a former Ring of Honor world champion and he has been on AEW television on several occasions. Now, he is a confusing character. He comes out as, as you know, he's he's definitely a throwback to your, you know, your blatantly effeminate character he's got the boys there he's got the feathers he comes out he literally calls himself a peacock and he comes out and he spreads his peacock feathers you know almost like a like a vampire from a cheesy cartoon you know with the wingspan and in his elvis suit and he wrestles with the spanks on because he's got a perpetually bad back um but you know i don't know when he comes down He he speaks into the camera with that voice he's like he's like I'm the sunshine that's shined brighter than the stars ever did. And, and he talks like this and uh, he's a character, you know, he's, he's a wrestling character in the whole act with the boys and for a while they wanted to do their own thing and nobody was interested in them doing their own thing. So they reunited and it's an act, but it's, you know, yeah, I'm surprised the AW fans didn't know who he was. I will tell you that when I went to final battle of ring of honor a couple of years ago, the final actual ring of honor show, he, Dan House, he and Danhausen got the biggest pops out of any Ring of Honor talent. The Briscoes got the loudest sustained pop, like they, people went to it the whole time. But they were—they didn't get the initial pop that Danhausen or Dalton Castle did. But, but sadly, to niche fans, the person who got the biggest reaction of all of that show was when they unleashed the Kraken and, and the the man who, the, before then and now, is known as
1: Braun Strowman. Well, yeah, that, uh... and, and you know what guys, it's a shame because Dalton Castle at one stage, and you tweeted this out actually Jeff, because it's so true too, about six years ago he was a bigger star than for example Jay White was, right, and he really was, there was a lot of hype on Dalton Castle at one stage before his back deteriorated even more and unfortunately since then he just hasn't been the same in the ring or character wise. And the boys, the boys at one stage were in NXT, and it seemed like they were destined to some sort of good thing. But I guess that didn't work out, and now they're back to playing the boys. But um, yeah, it's a shame with Dalton Castle and the fact that this fan base didn't know who they were or who Dalton was is kind of perplexing. But then again, should I be surprised?
0: I mean, I think you, sh- I think you should be surprised. This, this, if he had showed up in WWE and the crowd reacted that way, I would have said, yeah totally makes sense but this is AEW. like these guys know what shana nana nina day is and they 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 pop for it so like i i don't i I don't understand how they could not know who dalton castle was it just it was it really was like perplexing for me like why do they not seem to be reacting to this guy
1: yeah it's perplexing
2: could it be and listen i don't want to get into socio questions but could it be that his character is is such that now in modern wrestling fandom they think it's mocking of something that you're no longer really supposed to mock, and it's not that they didn't know who he is; they just think that his character is a bad a remnant of bad times.
0: Uh, it could be. It could be that they that they feel like it's more mocking than. Um than it was maybe originally intended to be, or maybe it was originally intended to be mocking. And, you know, eight years ago, it was more acceptable to mock that, and now it isn't. I don't, I, I really don't know what it was, but they were just very quiet. I did think that the crowd got into it eventually, and I thought that that was, um, you know, that... I think that that shows the talent of Dalton Castle and Jay White. I think that Dalton Castle came in there, and for the match, um... We'll talk about we'll talk about the match a little bit here, and then I'll get your guys' uh, comments on the on the other side of it. Um, Castle with an early takedown. Uh, Jay White seems to be kind of unsure how to handle attacking this guy because every time he goes after him, he's just getting taken down. Dalton Castle seems to be doing a very like traditional wrestling style where he's getting the other guy down. There's holds. Looks like the only thing that I wish he would have done more that would have made it a little bit better if he would have went for some early pins. Uh, a couple of early uh, pin attempts would have made this early part of the match a lot better because it looked like Dalton Castle was like, "I'm flamboyant and look at all of the crazy stuff I'm going to do and say and I'm going to get you off your game and then I'm just going to try to pin you and win the match." It looked like that's where they were going with it, but then he wasn't going for the pin; he was just wrestling. You know.
2: Um, well, Dalton Castle, for those who don't know, actually does have a, a pretty storied amateur wrestling. Background. I don't think it's quite Dolph Ziggler level, but he actually is a really good. I didn't. I didn't real. I mean, he's always been, you know, sort of short and thick, but he looked really big next to JY, which is you know troubling to someone like me. But actually, I, I, I he did say coming down twice when he's talking to the to the camera that he was going to suplex him, and he was going to suplex JY until his head comes out of his butt. So his his idea was to take the guy to Suplex City.
0: Yeah like mm-hmm. like a really really gay version of suplex city um yeah. it's like it's like suplex uh san francisco that's the city that's the city <laughs> that's that's the suplex city that we're going to uh, um you no know, it's funny was, though
1: guys he's not he's not actually really gay either so
0: <laughs> no and if he was i wouldn't care i'm You're just saying, saying like, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, or yeah, golda that's right or most mm-hmm. of the best versions of this character
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah surprisingly
0: yeah, I mean, hey, that's—I mean, this the, this is the thing with wrestling, right? You're playing a character, and sometimes it can be a lot of fun. Um, fucking, and if I, you get gayer, yeah, <laughs> just get gayer, just get super gay, lean into the gay, right, right? Yeah. It's like
2: brunch yeah. is not gay enough. Come on, we everyone loves brunch, <laughs> right?
0: Exactly. See? um Uh, there's too much fucking around with the boys in the club early in the match i thought that the ref really could have done a better job of getting you know control of this but i suppose you can't take away everybody's toys and this is what people have sort of learned to rely on with the indie booking they're like you know uh oh we've got six guys and everybody's gonna get involved and it's just gonna be an absolute shit show so i didn't like that um Early in this show, I did notice something that... And I think that this corrected itself. It seemed like Kevin Kelly was a step behind. Like, Nigel would say something and Kevin would, like, take a second to sort of register it and then react. I think it might have been just a situation where, like, Kevin's been off for a while, right? Like, he hasn't been here. Um, But early on, it it stuck out to me. And then I think they, they figured it out before the end of the show. But at least for this first match... Nigel would say something, and then you'd get like a, a a solid like second before Kevin Kelly would sort of like catch up to like what he was at talking about. So,
1: yeah, I I mean, do 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 you prefer Boney over over Kevin Kelly, Chris
0: right now? Or I like normally I would say no, but I actually think that Ian works better with Nigel. I I think that it, it's a more entertaining show with with Ian but Kevin Kelly is a really great announcer too. So it might just be something where these guys need to work together a little more to get better chemistry. But I, I, I have really, really liked Dean Riccoboni on, on this show the last couple of weeks, Jeff, what did you think?
2: I hate to say it, because if you asked me this six weeks ago, I would have said, no, definitely Nigel and Kevin Kelly. But, I do prefer Nigel and Ian Rickavani. I mean, I, I I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's his energy level, but I find myself tuning out to the commentary when it's Kevin Kelly, and I just listen to Nigel McGinnis. But I hear the commentary more when it's when it's Ian and and Nigel, and it's weird because I'm used to hearing. Ian and Caprice Coleman, and they are a dull as hell combination.
1: They are. So they really
2: are. So, so it's like I. It's not like I'm coming to this from a like Ian Riccoboni's great. I, I don't think he sucks either. I mean, I, I was one saying that, you know, when they were having commentary trouble, that the WWE should have brought Ian Riccoboni in and given him a try. Um, I also said they should have tried to get Kevin Kelly back and see how that would work because their commentary sucks. But um, I think this is a nice problem to have because they're both good and they're both professionals uh and i and i do think a lot of it has to do with the fact that kevin kelly was off for a while also i mean commentary is different in japan it is more demure more polite as i understand it because i don't watch it but that's what i'm told so maybe he was still in J- japan mode rather than u.s mode um but yeah you're the, the simple answer to questions yes i i have preferred nigel and ian
0: yeah well definitely sort of put that under the under things that i didn't expect any of us to be saying um but hey shout outs to ian Riccaboni who did a really good job when he was here so uh, maybe we can get him back maybe we can get some some kind of a, a mixture I, I wouldn't mind a mixture of the three of them um, the speed of
2: ian rock my body let's talk about dalton castle somewhere <laughs> yeah let's do
0: that um all right so I actually really liked Castle. I was impressed with him in this match. He showed off a really like hard hitting technical style that very much contrasts the character, right? Which I thought was a, which I think is really cool. I've never, I've never really like followed Dalton Castle much. So this was really one of my first like exposures to see him work. Um, like I've seen. I've seen clips and stuff, but I've never really seen him work a whole match. I really liked the deadlift suplexes he was landing here, um, really showing off power and technical ability. So good for him. That was a cool part of the match. There's a couple of deep chops on the outside from Jay White that really, really got some some sound out of them. Uh, and then uh, Castle gets back in control with the Hurricane Rana. The boys dive to the outside to take down the bullet club. Again, there's a little bit too much of this fuckery going on where there's just everybody's doing everything they can and there's there's jumping here and there's these guys are jumping and these guys are they're not really getting involved, but they're kind of getting involved. Like at a certain point, the referee just has to say, you, 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 get the fuck out. Right? right. Like I really wish they would go to that a little bit quicker, but I get that they wanted to try to protect Dalton Castle, and this is a way to do it where there's so much going going on that he never really, you know, he never really got a fair chance against Jay White. You know, they didn't come out and say that, but at least they were sort of showing it to you. Um, Blade Runner gets the finish for the match. Um, it was solid but unspectacular. I liked this match, and I thought, um, hey, if we get another two hours that are like the first, whatever this might have been at this point, a half hour, I'm going to be really, really happy with this show. So. There's probably too much nonsense with the club and the boys. Go ahead and say that. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. What, what did you think of the match, Jimmy? Just just the match overall. Before we get into the post match stuff, what did you think?
1: Well, the match was fine. I didn't mind the match, but my my issue is is more. We've got to build to all in, right? Correct.
0: Correct.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, sorry, my internet's playing up again, but uh, and and that's my issue, man. We've only got so many days to all in or all out, whatever the fuck. I'm confused at this point, and I just felt like they could have done more or both. Right? They could have done more by building that up more so than just having this match. And sure, we do have post match crap that goes on, but still, I mean, what's he's got to do with with uh, Dalton Castle? You know what I mean?
2: i think that's fair criticism and you know i mean it, one thing that could have made a little difference with 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 not much more effort was would have to to come out with them i mean he, he they're te- they're teaming with him and we're all supposed to pretend that they're on the same side and they know each other and that they're all committed to the same goal we didn't say anything about it. but on the match itself if this was four years ago in ring of honor I would have really liked this match. And again, I say this a lot with AEW. In a vacuum, I thought this was this match was fine. However, in 2023, in in AEW, on collision especially in week nine, when we are we have now successfully carved out Jay White, both figuratively (laughs) in in the cutout and and you you know and any other way you want to look at it as the leader of the bang bang club and your your solo star he shouldn't have had this much trouble with dalton castle who's not a priority in the AEW or even the ring of honor universe so dalton should have gotten some offense in but uh, you know it should this shouldn't have been a commercial break kind of match it should have been no disrespect to dalton castle it's just his role in the aw universe right now so i don't hate it i mean i but i've seen this pattern with jay white that he has these like 14 15 matches he's either taking most of the offense or it's 50 50 and then all of a sudden he hits two moves and the match is over and if that's his thing i get it but that doesn't i don't think that really works in in the u.s i mean that's that's not really our thing you're either you're either a dominant champion when you're when you're fighting inferior talent and you, you struggle in the big matches or you're not and right now he feels like and listen it's not just him they do aw does what you, you you put matt seidel against kenny omega you're going to get a 20-minute match it's it, it, it it's the same old stuff and i criticize that so that i didn't like that it was it was too long of a match for that but you know if I believe for a second that this was going to be a launchpad for Dalton Castle to be more important, whether I'm a fan or not, I, I think that the, the, this would make sense, but it, it makes no sense. We probably won't see
0: Dalton Castle for months. Yeah, that's, 100%. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, Tony Schiavone gets in the ring and he wants to ask some questions, but Jay White takes the microphone away from him. I love the little things that Jay White does, like the way that he took the microphone away from him. Like, you know, Tony's hand is on the microphone and then jay like takes the microphone and like can't get it away so he just very gently but like sort of not gently like slaps tony's hand like a couple of times till he like let's go like he just kind of slaps at it like like really almost like effeminate but it, it was just it was really really good heel work there like the oh, little yeah. things yeah like the little things that, that jay white is doing um definitely definitely good stuff um <clears throat> uh, Hitman in the chat here says, uh, Chris likes little things. uh, Make note, people. Mm -hmm. That's right. I do. I like little things. My girlfriend is like five foot two. So I'm a big (laughs) fan of little things. Um, Anyway, Jay says uh, he wants to talk about what he wants to talk about. And to hell with what Tony wants to ask. Jay says he's known Kenny a long time. And Kenny and his friends have deceived the world. Uh, for this, for the last few years, convincing the world that they are the elite of the Bullet Club. But Jay White says that him and the Bang Bang Gang are a step above the elite. And I 100% agree, but we will see. It probably won't be done that way. Um, <laughs> it's probably not how we're going to book this feud, um, but it probably should be. Anyway, Juice takes the microphone and he says, basically, Hangman's going to get his ass kicked it all in and the guns want a piece of the bucks uh also the guns and juice won a six-man match tonight so they ask tony to send somebody out and uh we'll get to that in a second but um we'll go with jeff first jeff what did you think of this uh this little back this this little uh, interview segment with uh with jay juice and the guns
2: I liked the bullying. I liked how they kept taking Tony's hand and trying to turn his fist or his, his discomfort into making it into a bang, bang, gun. I also liked that they didn't shy away from the gun thing, given what was going on with Cash Wheeler. They just ignored it. It's a TV show. Continue on. Uh, Tony actually wasn't overly annoying in this. He He was looking like he was obviously uncomfortable, afraid. He was doing weird things with his eyes, but... I've seen Tony do this kind of thing before, much worse. So this was pretty good. Um, and I, I liked Juice's promo. He, he's like, I, I don't know what Adam Page said about two minutes, but he said, it took us two minutes to put the great Kenny Omega into the hospital. What do you think we're going to do to you, idiot? <laughs> I just think it's funny when someone yells idiot. I think I think idiot or, dumb or
0: dummy is more funny than bitch.
2: I, I just do. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you stupid idiot. Um, yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, so the people who Tony has found uh, for them to wrestle are the Iron Savages, Bears, Savage Bears, the Savage Iron Bears, and uh, yeah, they come out and they cut a little promo on their way to the ring, and it was mostly about uh, being big and strong. So could could have used this last week. Yeah, really. Not a not a bad little, you know, little on the way to the ring promo. And man, the Savages do wrestle like big guys and they they, they were booked in this match to wrestle like big, strong dudes. Um, and the guns and juice wrestled like heels. They cut the smaller guy off. They uh, they were cheating. They were constantly distracting the referee so that they could rake the eyes and pull on the tights and just like generally be annoying fucking bad guys. Um I I thought that this was a pretty good match. Also, I love the fact that I'm not sure how much of this was on the air and how much of it was just the feed, but Jay White uh goes over to the goes over to the announce desk and he starts basically pestering Kevin Kelly about like, hey, I want to like why where's my headset? Why how come there's not a headset for me? And uh They had to basically, it it seemed like a real thing that they had to get someone to come out with a third headset, which begs the question, how, like, why did you not, why do you not automatically have a third headset on the desk? Like, why would you not think to do that as a company?
2: Yeah, but it also means that maybe this was unplanned and JY just was, was vamping on a, on a live show, which is fun. Uh, the only thing about the iron savages that that's a, a little bit weird is they seem a little bit like heavy machinery. Like I felt like they were doing like a gimmick on heavy machinery, but I guess no one really remembers heavy machinery. Um, Cause why would is you? Is that really a
0: Japanese remember? tag team?
2: Yeah, for exactly. Uh, you know, the, the, those are uh, the Pacific rims. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the, I, the guy's promo was good. I mean, the one thing is listen, the one guy is enormous, but the, the, the guy, Jimmy Jack Jamison or whatever his name is. I mean, he's jacked to, he's Jack to the gills, but the other ones don't. I mean, they, they're, they look big and strong. One of them much more than the other, but it it, it doesn't look like it, it's not like it's Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar there. It's not like, it looks like all they do, you know, is eat, sleep and dream lifting weights. Um, I, So it's, it's a bit strange when, when I'm, when I'm seeing it, but uh, anyway, off of that, I thought it was a a good match and, you know, it it was tough to figure out how the, the much smaller, but team that was obviously going to win should win. and, And they won in the way you said through, through tag team shenanigans and taking advantage of their experience and their, their brains and, and the other guys were overly cocky by the way when we were the criticism we were given the other week about the hardys you know both trying to pin someone at the same time uh you don't get to have two people try to pin one person but if one person tries to pin two or three that's okay especially if you know they're the heel though i'm not sure who who i think these are both heel teams anyway uh and he was unsuccessful in doing it which which is good uh, even though he's a giant guy because he overplayed his hand. I mean, you can't cover three people and cover six shoulders at the same time. Um, so, but I thought the match was good. It was fine. It, it, it got the job done. And then the bang bang gang beat a team that has some credibility. It's a good warm up for what they're going uh, into, even though the six man isn't juice and the gun club. So there's that incongruity there. Um, I You know, so this these are the little things that, that I wasn't sure, like, how it was fitting into All In, whereas I can see that they want Jay White to be the single superstar and the other guys to be, like, the supporting cast and or tag team. And so that fits with that, but it doesn't fit with All In, and I'm not sure that it fits with All Out because we know almost nothing about All Out except one match was announced later this evening.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's frustrating to be honest with you. Cause it's like, they've got this opportunity in front of them and it really is a big opportunity. I mean, whether or not they have actually sold 80,000 seats, I have my doubts. Like I, I am sure that some of the receipts on there say Coney Ton and, uh, <laughs> et cetera. Like I I'm sure that a bunch of the receipts say that, but even if they've got, let's say 50,000 people in that arena, It is going to be loud. It is going to look fantastic on television. Like, it's going to look like a full house with 50,000 people. And 50,000 fucking fans is a big deal, right? If they actually have the 80,000 people there, and what you're doing with Kenny Omega and Jay White is some random fucking six-man tag, like, why? Why not have a singles match between those two You've got what you're calling the biggest, the biggest crowd in the history of professional wrestling. And you they just don't seem to be interested in putting on marquee matches. Because there's guys on the show that you could make a really great show out of, but they're just not using them right. Jeff, right. am then, I
2: seeing this wrong? No, you're not seeing that wrong. I mean, it's obvious that the 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 I like you, you book a place with all of these tickets, you assume you're gonna sell a good amount of them. Uh, you want to put on a great show and you want to put, but you don't want to make the hard decisions, the hard booking decisions, who wins or how they win, or who wins and how you protect the other guy. Cause you want to keep them both strong, but you're absolutely right. Kenny Omega versus Jay White is a marquee matchup. This, this six man match we're getting is the setup match on the blow, the, the go home show before the pay-per-view. It's not the pay-per-view match itself. And yeah. if they, you know, and if they're treating all out as a super dynamite to, to, to book all out in you know a week later a it's too late for all out i mean it really is because you've asked a lot of people to blow 60 bucks for all in and there's not that many there there just aren't that many wrestling fans that are going to pay for pay-per-views two weeks in a row or at least i don't think there are i think there's reasons that it may who knows maybe be be proven wrong and when this was first announced I, i think i was on the record saying anything above, tw- anything around 25 to 32,000 seats, that's a win. And, yep. and you know, so everything I've said critical about, you know, and being doubtful about all tickets since then, that's all anyone's going to remember from me. But if you go back and say anything above 25 to 32,000 is a win, you know, th- then, you know, I set the bar pretty low for victory. Now, now it's, you know, now I can put on my skeptic uh, goggles, but we'll see. But no, I think as far as just... Building a pay-per-view and, and putting together a card that's actually worthy of 83000 I mean, that I think should be more important than All Out, and I think they went the wrong direction with that, and I don't know if that's because Team Punk can't talk to Team Omega and Tony Khan can't mediate, or, or if it's just... We didn't know what we were getting. Into. What what we stepped in, we we wanted to jump into the pool, but we didn't realize it was this this deep. And so we're just trying to we're just trying to do the best we can, and you know, and, and hope it all works out. And again, they have the most forgiving fan base in wrestling, if not all sports. Um, so, you know, I guess that you can sort of take advantage of that while you can
0: i i agree and so aaron benchlamo has an interesting comment here i'm sorry i can't highlight it guys i i uh this is this is the hmg stream yard so i can't highlight the comments but anyway um aaron says they already have the money so why try and the reason why you try is because you have an opportunity to make a spectacle out of the show and then grow your audience off of the fact that the show was gigantic right if you're a if you're a lapsed wrestling fan and you're flipping through and you're watching ESPN or whatever, and there's a little there's a little blurb there about, you know, uh, you know, new wrestling company, AEW, sells out 80,000-seat arena, right? You might be slightly more interested to tune in and see, whoa, what happened there? What What's this new wrestling company? You might be just a little bit more interested in finding out what happened. And the same and in the same way ESPN might be just a little more interested in covering what happened. Oh wow, 80,000 people. They had 80,000 people. Well, let's let's give them a little bit of coverage, right? Let's cover that. Let's talk about that on the air. And then what happens is if the show sucks, what people are going to remember is, yeah, I tuned in and then the show was garbage. I'm never watching this again. Or, you know, Those, let's say, 10,000 extra people who tune in because they hear it's going to be 80,000 people in the biggest arena that they've ever covered. And it's this huge event and it's the biggest thing that's ever happened in pro wrestling. Those extra five or 10,000 people who tune in, if they see a fucking show that just blows their minds, they're going to talk to all of their other lapsed wrestling fan friends and be like, guys, I'm fucking telling you this company is awesome. This company put on just this huge fucking show. The crowd was going nuts, and they were fucking screaming. There's 80,000 people yelling, and then this fucking spot happens, and it was fucking fantastic. But, yeah, no, it just seems like they're basically running dynamite in front of 80,000 people. It's fucking weird.
2: And there's other simpler reasons. One is to get more people to buy the pay-per-view. I mean, pay-per-view is, is basically free money. you know. So whatever you do on the gate, you, you can supplement greatly or, or equal or even surpass on a good pay-per-view. And you want to get people to buy pay-per-views in the future. Mind you, one is seven days in the future from from this one. So you want people to not just tune into the TV shows but buy the pay-per-view go these these are worth buying it's worth my 60 to to buy these shows and I'm going to do it and I'm going to watch the free TV and then you buy merch and then you and that's how you make fans so i mean part of the reason of doing a spectacle like this and betting on yourself is so that you can parlay it into something more consistent you you can start doing you know bigger arenas around the world you can do more international shows you can spread your brand um you can stop being embarrassed when your flagship show can't sell 5,000 tickets in in major cities. You know, you can you can you can start treating other markets that are that are untapped and uh, and take these risks and be known for doing super shows, and you know, and hopefully when you come back to the U.S., those markets now they're hungry to see your product, and 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 you can go back to the days where you were getting nine to eighteen thousand people in in arenas and and the pay-per-views became must see and you don't need to give away everything on tv because your product is so healthy that the same or more people are watching it anyway because they want to see the setups what's going to lead to the next big pay-per-view so there's lots of reasons for it and a lot of them require dominoes to fall but that's how that's how businesses grow and profit
0: yeah, exactly. That's but you have to be focused on profiting in order to profit, and I don't know that AEW necessarily is. I wanted to uh, just give another one more shout out to the Iron Bear Savages, the Savage Iron Bears, or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, I thought that there was a couple of things that I really liked from that team tonight um first of all they worked like big strong men and that's exactly what they are they're big strong men and i really really liked the small attention to detail that the guns went to hit the 310 to yuma and couldn't because the guy they were trying to get up is a tank there was no way to get him up for that 310 they had to wait until the other guy tagged in and then juice got the pin with his front face ddt i don't even know what to call it but um yeah i i like the logic in the match and um I much prefer these kinds of squash matches where, like, okay, you know that the Iron the Iron Savages aren't winning this match, but they still get to, like, express themselves in some way, right? It still looks like, well, okay, if they're going to lose, there needs to be a reason why these big, strong sons of bitches lost, right? And it makes sense to do it this way right where okay we wait until the small guy gets tagged in then they were able to hit a finish on him right they couldn't get they couldn't get their their big moves done on the gigantic monster because of course they couldn't that's logic and sometimes that takes a little bit of extra time but i prefer this kind of booking to just you know random luchador comes in and gets his ass kicked all the time
2: I, I prefer this kind of booking to what we saw with jay white and dalton castle if it was the equivalent singles match i wouldn't have yeah. had a single critique about it
0: i agree i i agree with that all right so there's a recap from the last month showing billy uh gunn losing and then the you know the whole story with his boots and then we get a video message from the house of black and uh i <sighs> I am conflicted about whether or not I like this because there's 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 bits of this that I really thought have potential, and then and then I just thought, but it's the House of Black, so it's probably going to be they're probably going to get about five percent out of this that they could. So Malachi basically talks about uh, myths and legends about the afterlife. He talks about how you know in in some of the myths and legends, you know, the dead essentially wander in a shadow version of real life, um, going through their lives. And if they were failures in life, then they continue to be failures in the shadow realm. And uh, tells Billy Gunn um, not to rest in peace or to rest in power, but to rest in pain. Um, Again, there's elements here. And I think, oh, that's cool. I really like that. And then it's like, but they're not going to get anything out of this. Or if they do, I'll be really shocked. Jeff, what did you think about this segment?
2: i like the vignette i like the importance that they're putting on it but it seems like this all happened too quickly it seems like this promo should be you know either a before when you when you're telling someone you're going to target them or at the end of of a prolonged feud this is like a three-week thing you know maybe it's more than three weeks chronologically because they're not always on tv aside from that this is a little bit of a nippy thing but Rest in pain is a little bit close to rest in peace, and that felt I don't know, it, it was a little too close. Is and I know that that Malachi Black, Alistair Black, Tommy, End loves The Undertaker, and he's sort of like the so sort of the indie taker version of The Undertaker. Uh, so I'm sure he meant he did it in a respectful manner, and 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 it just felt I don't know. It just felt too close to the Undertaker's rest in peace to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was a little. It was a little close. Uh, Jimmy, have you heard much of what we've been saying, or have you been trying to get your internet fixed?
1: No, no, I haven't heard much of what you guys have been saying. So we, where are you at?
0: So we were talking about the uh, the video package from Malachi Black, um, which. Both of us thought, okay, there's elements to this that are really cool, right? Like, we like the fact that he's talking about, like, the myths and legends of the afterlife and et cetera, et cetera, right? But both kind of said, like, maybe the timing's a little off. It should have been done earlier or it should be done later. Or, you know, my, my thing is, my worry is that AEW tends to do this thing where they have a really cool idea and they'll pluck this cool idea out. And they'll be like, all right, we're going to focus on this idea and then they get about ten percent of the value that they could out of it, right? Like we all said when QTV first started, hey, you know, what if they did this and that and the other thing? And it could be simple, it could be thirty seconds long every week, but it could be a really entertaining, fun, stupid little part of the show, and they got about five percent of the value that they could have out of it. So, Jimmy, what did you think about the the video package from Malachi Belt Black basically ending with rest in pain, Billy Gunn?
1: Stupid. Okay. Straight up. I mean, rest in pain. Come (laughs) on, man. Who who gave him this crap? Like, that's what I want to know. I hope it wasn't himself because A, it sounds cheesy. B, it's still very cheesy. And C, you're not the undertaker. All right. So, come on, man. You can't come up with something better than rest in pain. Really?
0: Yeah, I mean, he could just... He could just say it in Dutch, and it would probably sound cool. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't. I don't know what what the Dutch equivalent is, but probably it probably
1: would sounds cool. similar, though. It probably still kind of similar sounding to rest in pain because Dutch and German, for example, is not so much. Di- I mean, it's different to English, obviously, but it's, you can kind of understand certain words if that makes any sense. But yeah, I mean, okay. for for starters, why? What's going on, man? I mean, and they stole his boots. Yeah, they still. Yeah, his I boots. know. But they're trying are we going to gonna get an ending to this? Are we going to get a conclusion?
2: What? Well, here's the part that I don't. Here's the confusing part. He retired
1: part. himself. That's the thing.
2: Exactly. That's exactly right. Is that Billy Gunn put his boots in the center of the ring, so he retired. So what the hell does he care? The story is he gave up. So why are they trying to force him out? I mean, he's gone. It's like it's like they're trying to taunt him to come back to push him out again it's 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 backwards he he should quit after he eats the pin in this or something like that it's he quit already so you're right it it, it doesn't make any the story doesn't make any sense
1: yeah no it doesn't it's silly it's
0: by, by the way rest in pain in dutch is rusten in pien. Well,
1: I see i, I have... told you it sounds similar
0: <laughs> yeah but it's, it
2: it sounds different enough it would it would have been cool and and this is another thing where you have champions chasing challengers i don't know i don't understand aw's obsession with champions chasing challengers unless they just don't realize they come up with a story that they think is cool and they could be anyone for all i know tommy end is the one that came up with this idea and he's the one who thinks it's cool and nobody says you're the champions people should be coming after you and when they come after you then you torment them not not one guy quits, and then you try to torment him into coming back just to fight again for your titles. It's, it, it, I mean, when you put
0: it that way, or when I put it that way, it does seem rather absurd. A little a little crazy, yeah. Um, so again, we're in this situation where good idea, right? They grab this good idea, and then they just implement it completely wrong. Anyway, so next up...
2: File away and plan to use when House of Pain... Aren't the champions, and when they're trying to chase somebody else, go. Good idea, wrong time. Let's do. Let's look. Let's do this in five or six months.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, Aaron Ben Shlomo says, Jeff, can you remember the last time AEW used traditional wrestling logic? Why do you think they have those numbers accurate? But I can. The opening
2: segment of this show was extremely traditional wrestling logic.
0: Logic. Yep.
1: Yeah. The
2: start no, the
0: was, bigger. and that's it. <laughs> And I actually like this next thing, too. So the next thing is we have a video package, and it's – I have no idea what the fucking guy's name is who's with LIJ, who's like their – he's like – he's their version of Abrahante's. I guess he's like their their translator. Oh, Jose the assistant. Right. Jose the assistant is backstage, and he gets a phone call, and it's the boss, Arush. And Arush is not happy. He says, you know, Lij has been an embarrassment in America. They need to come back to Mexico so that they can be retrained on how to do things the way Lij does it. Um, there's a video of the American, you know, the AEW version of Lij. I guess Lij Gold. <laughs> uh LIJ... Well, actually, it's
1: the Mexican version technically, not Japan. So.
0: no, no, I'm saying the but I'm saying the Americans that are part of the the two guys who are losing all the time in AEW. I'm reasonably certain that ten is not Mexican, um, otherwise his <laughs> name is. Pero peligroso.
3: Um,
0: anyway, they they show up in Mexico and uh, they go and get drunk and act like idiots. And then a van pulls up, and I guess Roosh uh, shoves them all in a van, and he's going to retrain them. So I like this. Why? This was this was stupid, but <laughs> if it means that, but if it means that we're going to get a more serious version of Lij that are a little more you know a little more tough a little more serious i'm all for it
1: how many start and stops are we getting with uh los ingo de mexico or the AEW, whatever the fuck they are i mean haven't we already tried this already
0: I don't know that we've tried this already. We've tried something well, with them, which was just for them to come out and be fucking right.
1: useless. But but the but the start stopping shit has been done already, and we're going to try this all over again. This
2: I is mean, this is this is what I should have said to Aaron in the last comment when we saw that AEW logic. I expect more from Collision AEW logic than I do from regular AW logic. So I give a I give Collision almost a clean slate on almost all a w canon to start over again my my issue with this is is i I thought the video was good it's actually the best jose the assistant has ever been i didn't know who was on the phone until the end and then when he said roosh i didn't know roosh was the boss as Aaron pointed out i thought andrade was the boss or i thought maybe they were going to introduce us to someone new would it be dario cueto would it be El Bestia, Rush's father? Was it Andrade? It didn't sound like his voice, but I don't know. I haven't heard him speak fast Spanish. Naturally, I hear him speak <laughs> broken English and slow Spanish for an American audience. I didn't you know. Would it be
0: Conan? I, I didn't know who was on the other side. How dare you say such a thing about <laughs> Andrade? <laughs>
1: Where's my mask.
2: <laughs> so and and why isn't Andrade involved in this? I mean, we know the why. He's probably got an injury that nobody wants to talk about the same reason Ricky Starks isn't wrestling right now. But I mean, he can't be the boss in this. I mean, I, well, I do know why because he's a face on Collision. So I just figured it out. Good for me. Anyway, um He's a mask. But, but I did, <laughs> listen, it took me a while to realize that that was Jolistico and only in context. It would have been nice if they did some subtitles or, or something. I thought it was e- Sinkara. Like, I, 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 <laughs> no, I think it was Jolistico. It's, it's too tall. But I would have liked it if they did it like almost like pulpy co- comic style, like they had like box narration. Like, meanwhile, in Mexico, dot, 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 uh, uh, to Pelo Peda Grossa and Jalistico are enjoying some of the local amenities, and then you got to them, you know, doing drugs. But uh, I like this. I, you know, it took me back to when it was, um, what, what was Santos Esco when they were Legado del Fantasma, even before that when they kept kidnapping people in the NXT parking lot before they were at LFG uh, or L. Never mind, Legado del Fantasma, LD. Or LDP, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it. Um, you know what I mean. But I like that. I like that I, I like they put them. They put like stop parting get serious. They put them into the vans and 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 away. So I like it. I do hope that they have a more serious LFI. um I always thought that LFI was going to come to Andrade's rescue with House of Black and the Mask. It seems like they didn't, but maybe they still will. I, I you know to get revenge. Uh, I don't know. I I liked it, I, but it it it, wa- it wasn't perfect, but it was good enough for wrestling.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, to me, I'd love to see more of this. I like. I, I've I've been saying for a really long time that 15 minute matches with Drillistico is not going to get Drillistico over. If you want to get some of these guys over, the best thing you can do is have segments, have video packages where where we're getting to know these people you know, on a character level because you don't care about the like you don't care about the guys who Batman fights, you know, in the middle of the street. You just don't. You do not give a shit. Even if he's big and looks crazy and has scars all over his face, if you don't know the backstory behind, you know, what this guy is thinking and why he's doing what he's doing, you don't give a shit. You do not care about those guys, right? But when you when you get to know the character, right? When you learn that Bane was in a, a South American prison in Santa Prista uh, because his father had committed some crime, and there in that country the sons carry the burdens of the father, and he was you know he was raised in this awful terrible place, and etc. 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 Once you learn the backstory of characters, you actually care. You do not care about just Yeah. Oh, they're fighting Batman. They must be great. I'm really invested in that. You're not. So same thing with with a wrestling character. You get invested because you understand them better. And the way that you're going to understand characters is show me character work. Spot on. Yeah. All right. Agree? All right. Anyway, Tony Schiavone is backstage next with Ricky Starks, and Starks says he's going to bring his war to AEW, and it appears as if he's teamed up with Big Bill. So cool. Uh, next up, we have a package video from Starks. Um, I thought this was very funny. It was very much in the you know in the same universe as like perfume commercials. Um, it it reminded me a lot of actually Rick the Model Martel. Oh, I was gonna say um, that right. Arrogance,
1: arrogance. <laughs> Sounds fucking. <laughs>
0: and, and I love it. We need. And, then, and then of course the name of it was Absolute. So good <laughs> stuff. Um, Bill is in action next against Darren Dale, who I was who? sure was just you know uh, Jim Duggan, but you know not old.
2: Okay. The funny thing is, I think his name is Timothy Deal, actually, and I saw him. He's part of AXW. He's part of the, the American excellence person where the dollar club guys, where, where the dollar king, you know, is is sort of like a, a hype man there as, as a Mr. America or whatever. And I'm like, I, I think I saw that guy. And and in fact, it was. But, uh, yeah, I you know what? I like Starks as a manager. and made me think back to everyone criticizing, you know, Vince McMahon wanted Adam Cole to be a manager for Keith Lee. And like people looking back and saying, that actually could have worked. Uh, I think this is—it's not the same two guys, but it's a similar dynamic. And if this is going to have Big Bill finally be taken seriously, I mean, Big Bill is someone you build a promotion around, and and so can Ricky Starks. Be maybe if you do it exactly right, but Big Bill, you don't have to do it exactly right. You just can't fuck it up, um, because it sort of speaks for itself he's seven feet tall and you can't teach that. And he's Jack; You can teach that, but he's already there and he's got, that. I mean, so, but he's not that great a talker. I mean, he can a little bit, but you'd really rather not hear him talk. So this is a really good pairing. I'm really interested in this. And I'm almost upset that Ricky's suspension, which is 28 four weeks, not 30 days, which was sort of interesting, but sort of weird in its own way. Um, uh, you know, uh, the, it's just it's unfortunate that this pairing might be halfway over unless they're going to make them into a tag team or Bill's going to be is basically going to be his diesel to to uh, heal Shawn Michaels, which I, I'm down with all of that. I'm OK with all of it. So I actually really enjoyed this part of it. I just I just I sort of like how Ricky Stark said when Tony Schiavone said 30 days when it's only four weeks, which is 28 days, and this is the kind of stupidity that makes him hate working here. I, I felt like there was something more meta there, and he was playing off on some of the shoot stuff that's going on there, turning into a work, and so I like this, but I thought this was a good use of, of Ricky Stark. and a Big Bill is going to be booked better and more consistently and stronger on Collision, yay, all day long, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I don't know, one week. <laughs> so far, so good.
1: <laughs> one week. That's all we get with big billies one week. That's it.
0: He's so cynical well that sucks i hope I hope they book him better and i I hope he becomes like a major part of the story with Ricky Starks because I think that as good as Starks is at a lot of things, he's still pretty small and I think that maybe have you know having a heater having a diesel character for you know for Ricky Starks to work off of would be a really good thing for him
1: yeah i agree
0: all right well uh big bill squashes this dude and then ricky starks whips him with the belt and then tosses him out of the ring and that's the end of that um we get a video package next that explains that sting and darby attacked ar fox at his wrestling school so wow i i guess ar fox is training a bunch of little bitches because there was a bunch of people surrounding the ring that didn't help ar fox at all and I got to tell you, if I'm if I'm running a wrestling business, if I'm running a wrestling school, and twenty of my of my students don't help me when I'm getting attacked by a sixty year old man and a meth head, I'm going to be pretty fucking <laughs> upset with my students.
1: I mean, does this feel like Cobra Kai all over again? Are we going to have like school versus school fights? I mean, first we had uh, uh, what's called Foxy Foxy Brown, whatever you want to call him, and um and, and swerve yeah and swerve turn up to that young kid's school whatever you want to call it the shed right and now we, we're getting it the other way around what is this the shit, buddy man? wayne academy
2: which is like the world's garage <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly it's like a garage for I mean, quarter horses <laughs> i mean what the fuck is this shit That's stupid Listen, it's, I think I
2: think a lot of the, the trainees, they, first of all, they were obviously told something's happening, so don't do anything, but they were clearly starstruck. You could see in their eyes, they were starstruck to see Darby and, sure, yeah. and, and Sting. And I had a, I, I got a teaser that this was happening from another show and they were sort of mocking it that there's like 45 people at an indie show. No, it wasn't 45 people at an indie show. It was at the actual school and he obviously called them all the students and some extras to come in to, to make it look full. Cool. And yeah, does this wrestling school look like sort of like a shabby gym That, that, that that's not... Yeah, it does, but so what? I, I don't know. I, I actually thought it was... I can tell you. Most.
0: I can tell you. As somebody who's been in lots of different boxing gyms, most of the best boxing gyms look like shabby little fucking gyms that nobody should want to spend any time in because those places really do develop your character.
2: Yeah. As I, they should. I, I would... Uh, you know, I've, I have no context for that, but listen, the, 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 space is not cheap. And AR Fox was not rich. So yeah, it looked like sort of an oversight, like sort of like either a very small warehouse or a very large storage facility. Anyway, whatever. I didn't care about the facility. I, I thought it was kind of cool that Sting and Darby went to his school to exact a little revenge. The only thing they should have also had is Nick Wayne be, join in on that a little bit, but I guess he's not part of the big match. Anyway, it was fine. It was a fine little segment and, and, they paid Darby and Sting to go to AR Fox's wrestling school and give all of his students a thrill to actually see Darby Allen and Sting in in front of them perform. And I'm sure they hung out and they probably did some training. They probably signed autographs and took pictures and gave them motivational speakers. But as far as a TV segment, listen, this, this has not been a greatly built card. This helped build a match that's on the card. I got
0: no problem with it. It's true. Yeah. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. At least they're building to a match. Um, Next up here, we get what was a pretty decent women's match, actually. Um, again, I'm not sure how much of this it's. I, I could sort of catch a little bit of when they were and when they weren't on commercial, but I watched this match straight through. Willow versus Diamante, and um, I really liked this match. It was very much a, a logical, you know. A logical match here. So, uh, to start off with, the, the, my first comment is: Diamante looks like a smaller China. Um, in the face, she looks very, very similar to like young China, like before China got a bunch of surgery done. Um, and I yeah, thought it she was. She does have a funny. chin. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because they 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 said that her, her angelic face or something like that, and I just went. Ugh. <laughs> oh
1: angelic face no. yeah she's got a hit on her man for sure
0: yeah if
2: you actually hear the descriptions of angels in the bible you would know that they're very scary
0: they're terrifying yeah but like this wasn't terrifying it was just bleh. um <laughs> anyway uh diamante hey she focuses on a, on a lot of heelish tactics at least to start with the match um she's rubbing her forearms on willow's face and she's she's trying to get the the choke applied and she's she's focusing on the knees everything that she did in this match really really looked like a smaller heel trying to go after the bigger stronger face which you don't often get from people like um a lot of times the smaller heels don't know how to work that they don't know how to really do that and this looked very convincing that it was the smaller heel trying to beat up a bigger, stronger face in Willow. Um, She picks it up a bit after a buzzsaw kick. um, And then she starts dominating with the help of Mercedes Martinez, who's helping on the outside. She's hooking the legs and she's, she's making distractions and she's, you know, the, and then Diamante's making a distraction, which allows Mercedes to hit Willow on the outside, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Very much like standard, but sensical heelish tactics and um, anyway, yeah, she's choking, chopping the legs. The, the, you know, just focusing on exactly what you'd expect her to. Um, Statlander runs down at some point here, and uh, she attacks Martinez. And she gave her what looked like like an overhead suplex, and immediately on landing, you saw Statlander go. Ugh!
2: Right, she's she knocked her, she hurt herself. <laughs>
0: fuck she's terrible she's so bad at this like she's hurting herself and other people like she's literally hurting people and she makes it look like she's not hurting people it is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do as a professional wrestler fuck me is she terrible
2: right she she had she got she gave herself the the ray mysterio whiplash
0: (laughs) yeah no that's exactly what it looked like and it was like dude great Great comment (laughs) Great comment here from Retro Rocket Review. Mercedes was there to see if anyone wanted their coochie scratched, she's a lesbian.
2: Well, I don't think that's how lesbians work. I, I think I, they're much like everyone else, and they don't walk around just assuming that everybody wants their coochies or, <laughs> or scratched. Yeah, no,
0: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I I think have she's a friends. cookie monster. I have gay friends who have never tried to hit on me because they know I'm not gay. It's, uh, yeah. it's shocking. It's one of those movie weird things. And, and, yeah. and, and actually,
2: Diamante isn't, but but she's in a committed relationship with Kiara Hogan. She is? Uh, yeah, you're the one who told me that, dummy.
1: Did I? Oh, well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he man says she is the, well, she facha brute. In other words, the face brute.
0: Which one? The brutal face. Yeah, I brutal assume he face.
1: means Diamante. Uh,
2: I mean, you could go with Mercedes Martinez. You can go with Chris <laughs> The only one that didn't is, is Willow,
1: who has a very pleasant face.
3: Uh, and, yeah.
1: Statlander, Statlander. Jeez. Can, can we, like, just ship her off somewhere else at this point? We can. I... <laughs> yeah. She honestly sucks, man.
0: bro. Statlander is she's... just – she's one of those weird situations, too, where, like, she's got a look that's very, like – it, it stands out, right? Like she's got a good look, but like that is like almost legitimately the only thing she has in professional wrestling. Because yeah, we, we you she, disagreed about this last week, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, yeah, we don't we don't have to, but uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, the one thing I'd say. The one thing
2: is, uh, yeah, finish up that. I'll get my turn.
0: Stats hurt herself, and Willow got the win with the pin. That's all I was going to say. Go ahead.
2: Um, I thought. The match was fine. It was okay. It seemed to get no heat until Mercedes came down. It was definitely better than Bunny versus Britt Baker. It was definitely better than Sheeta versus Anna Jay. And there was some other match that was a main event, which was abysmal within the last Sky Blue, months. Sky Blue. Okay. But not the tag match that we saw on Rampage. That was actually pretty good. That was better than this. Uh, the one good thing I'll say about Statlander is that when she ran out for the rescue, she didn't take time to bring her belt with her. Like, she actually came out for the rescue. I hate when people are coming out impromptu for the rescue, but they decide to put the, the belt on or put it over their shoulder and not use it as a weapon. So kudos to her for that, except it's more likely she just forgot it, and it actually turned out to be Axel. Statland, I don't know. I don't I don't much care for Statland. Everybody knows that. But, I, you know, Diamante tried. It's just the difference in their size. Like, whatever she did with her legs worked. Whatever she did with her arms looked really, really soft and and, and fake, but
3: that's just the. That's kicks just a, good,
2: yeah. Yeah, that's just the incident of, of the size differential, but yeah, this was, this was this was a good women's match, and it didn't directly involve. It wasn't a title match, but it sort of involved a, a title was and involved to an extent, but not in the. It was direction. title adjacent. Title Jason, but you had a women's match that was that was title Jason, but not directly adjacent. And we rarely get women's match stories, which is just a women's feud, other than when they stop and start Anna Jay either as the psycho killer or now she's nice. Aside from that, we we, we don't get any non title related women's stories.
0: Agreed.
1: Agreed. What All worries right. me though, guys, is are we gonna get tag belts with the women?
0: No. Don't even don't even don't even talk about it, Jimmy. As I mean, a matter of fact, you're not allowed to bring up that idea ever again <laughs> on this show. Don't do that because I don't even want the specter brought up of the idea of an AEW neither do I, dude. Division because they can't book the singles division properly. Okay, <laughs> don't don't do that to me, please.
1: <laughs> well, why are we getting pairs now? Why?
2: Same reason you get it with the men's action. matches
1: because they've got too many yeah, people
2: but- under contract and they need to give them TV time. There's it, it, It's no different than, than the, the Dark Order having eight people in it or whatever. <laughs> Listen, you get you get one win you get mm. one women's match per show. Um, so which show is going to is. Britt Baker not going to be involved in, or the Outcast not going to be involved in, or will they also be involved in the tag team thing? So it's not like you're going to get anything new. I I don't know. This is officially something that we have no control over. I would say it's inevitable. I don't.
0: God, please don't. Anyway, I had a power outage at this point uh, in my house. So tell me if I missed anything. The next thing that I saw was Tony Storm giving an interview.
2: Uh, no that, that's that's I, well I don't know in order but that was true and Tony storm okay this was going a little bit back into her breakdown thing that now she's like a 50s or 30s starlet like with the way her hair was done but she's yeah. doing the Chelsea green thing where she doesn't recognize the interviewer like Chelsea Green didn't recognize Adam Pierce and and now Tony storm doesn't recognize Lexi nair just because her hair is different or it's the same person who interviewed her last week so I mean it's fine it's cute but like Chelsea Green just did it two months ago, but she threw the shoe again. So, I and at least Lexi Nair did raise again the specter of, Are are you concerned that Soraya won't have your back? So, this was fine. This was good. This was, this was this was all right. I just wish they would be a little bit more consistent with this Tony Storm changing characters and, and breaking down. And but maybe they have been, and I haven't realized maybe it's been too subtle for me to recognize.
0: Yeah, i i agree i thought this was i I thought this was good and i thought i wish they would just be consistent with this and i want to see her act this way in the ring i want you know like we talked about it this we talked about it this week on uncaged right um on rampage this week she came out and had a match and she just looked like tony storm like she didn't her hair was barely different, which, you know, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Make the hair crazy. Have her come out looking a little, a little, you know, crazed and, and you know, like she doesn't really understand what's going on because she's so focused on the fact that she lost her belt or whatever. But, like, lean into it or don't lean into it. But I, I you know... I'm always going to be okay with Tony storm throwing shoes at people. That's just I mean, funny as fuck.
2: One week dresses Abaddon the next week dress dresses like, you know, Maki Ito and the schoolgirl thing. And the next week, like come back as like, you know, Aja Khan. I, I don't know. Like, like be, be more obviously different other than your hairdo. Your hairdo is not enough. This one was extreme enough. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm going to wait and see. It's, it's, it, they're doing something. They're like you said; it's not consistent enough. Yeah, agreed, agreed.
1: And we still don't know what direction she's really going in. We're just assuming she's whatever. Like she's going to be like a hot mess,
2: but. Well, when Tony Shavani says it on commentary, I think we know what direction the management thinks she's supposed to be going into her freedom in artistic creativity, I think is the confusing part. And I think also maybe some of her insecurities in that she doesn't want to come off looking ugly. She does want to look like, like I think in the beginning it was supposed to be a hot mess, but then she's like, I don't want to look like a hot mess. I'm beautiful. I like being a sex symbol. So I think now she's going to different like Hollywood starlets from yesteryear. She did the Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> now she's doing like Jane Mansfield. She'll do West. But like, I'm not sure that people like that's older than people, than what people my age remember, let alone, you know, the it's, fans it's, of today.
1: Especially for professional wrestling, too. Does she need to go that extreme? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's a little deep. It's a little deep in the pool of uh of you know Western culture. Uh you know, most people can barely remember Halle Berry as like the first sex symbol <laughs> right. that they that they remember. So yeah. Uh God bless Harry Halle Berry. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: She still she, looks great even now.
0: shout she, outs to Halle
2: Berry. She's been age appropriate my entire life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How old is All she right. now? She'd be pushing sixty, right? I think so she's fifty seven. Yeah! Wow. Yeah. Holy shit! I saw shit. an
0: interview recently with her daughter, who was asked just if she like gets 31. annoyed. <laughs> I it, there was an interview with her daughter that I thought was really funny because she was asked if she gets annoyed if you know when people compare her to her mom, and she was like, uh, "Not at all. People are comparing me to one of the prettiest women in the history of Hollywood. I find that to be extremely touching." <laughs> it uh, was history like, of the uh, world, history. not
2: just Hollywood.
0: <laughs> anyway. Good for her, good for the kid, uh taking a compliment when she can get it. Um yes, Chris Winland, we would like more of a hard brand split for AEW because if I could just if I could get away with just covering collision and never talking about the other shit they do, I'd be I'd be super fucking happy. Of course, Aaron would be angry because he wouldn't get to hear me pissed off nearly as much. So Or Jimmy. You know, that's fun too. So Jimmy's trying to get annoyed, he's trying to build up that rage for the audience.
1: Nah, it's too fucking early in the morning for me to be like that. But uh, yeah, he loves it when we're both angry, Chris. As a matter of fact, so. <laughs> no
2: one cares when I'm me. angry. I think I'm angry too much. I think I, I think I'm.
1: Well, you're just angry all the time, so.
2: Well, it's because you're evil, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's <laughs> yeah. like I'm like the Hulk in in, in Avengers. That's my secret ca-
0: secret cap. I'm always angry.
1: Look, nothing Thank can you. get you pulling your hair out like a fucking dynamite can, honestly.
0: True enough. Um, yeah, basically everything else is like if it's bad, I'm just going to turn it off. If Dynamite no, is really no. bad, I feel like I have to watch it. And Rampage the is always bad. Judgment so?
2: Day invades Dynamite and says the Judgment Day runs this place too.
0: Yeah, you, you'll all get a bald
2: spot like this one up here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that would drive me nuts. I mean, they right. rule Monday nights as it is. Imagine them ruling every night.
0: Well, a bald spot is a is a spot on your head where the skin is exposed and speaking of skin problems powerhouse Hobbs is in action next uh thank you that's uh that's 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 what we call a transition in the biz um he's in action against kevin who so who gets some love from the crowd kevin who who no i'm asking yeah no i'm asking who swerve's house Okay. Anyway, uh, who <laughs> sells the offense pretty good from Hobbs? Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm asking Jimmy, who, who's, oh. who? Who sold the offense well from Hobbs today? <laughs> that makes me laugh. But it's Koo. It's pull. not
3: Koo. It's Kate. It's I know. Kevin.
1: We know that. Okay, so,
3: so for those who don't know,
2: Kevin Koo actually was sort of a mainstay of MLW. He was part of Filthy Tom Lawler's
1: <laughs> Team Filthy. Yeah, well, he's too filthy for AEW. What? <laughs> I mean. Okay, let's just let's give it to him. Who? Who? Cool.
0: Who's, who's on first? <laughs> who's on first? Yes, he is. No, I'm who asking. Who is on first? No, yeah, you're right. That's that's who's on first. No, I want to know who's on first. <laughs>
2: no, I, don't, I don't know who's on second. I don't know who's the referee. <laughs> uh, Kevin
1: stuff. Cool. Look, he's so dumb. I mean, this guy needs to, like, change his name. I mean, seriously. Kevin, who? Who was it? Was it who? Cool, cool? cool. Oh, cool. KU. <laughs> so no. What was that job's name on Rampage? Again? Whoever who. <laughs> no, 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 no. was it John Perez or something like that?
2: It, it was, like, it was, like, John Cruz
0: or something. Oh, John that's Cruise. it.
1: John Cruz and Kevin Cruz
0: Kevin who need to, need to form a tag team immediately. All right. So Hobbs gets the win after the spine buster, and he immediately locks in the accolade to try to drown Miro. Uh, but Miro is not stupid enough to run down to the ring and try to save who, because why would anyone try to save who? Because who is a question
2: about who. Um, Hobbs's so, version of the
0: accolade is better than Miro's version of the accolade. Well, it looked hard. It looked like it was more painful. It's probably probably because Miro's done it enough to actual stars that he knows exactly what he can do to hurt people and what not to do to hurt people. Powerhouse Hobbs is just in there trying to like stretch Kevin Koo into Kevin Koo and Koo Kevin. <laughs> Uh, to two different people or whatever. So, anyway,
2: to a, a croquette.
0: Yeah. So Miro says that he also used to rely on a book uh, for for his decisions and to re- and to surround himself by distractions. But Miro is godless, and Hobbes is not because Hobbes now prays to Miro, and then that's the end. I was. We a, need little-
1: a librarian. Where's Peter Avalon? We need the librarian. Stop. Stop. You can have the
2: women's tag team titles. No Peter apple.
1: <laughs> we need the librarian as a special guest referee for a book versus book match.
0: Right. And if and if Hobbs wins, then Miro has to become a Christian again.
1: Rebaptized. <laughs> Baptism
0: on a pole. <laughs> <laughs> me all right um i don't know i'm gonna go to jeff first so jimmy oh, doesn't die um jeff what did you think of this segment
2: i i, I like the whole thing i, I really did except i like hobbs's reaction at the end it was clear he wasn't sure what to do like he wasn't sure if he was supposed to run back if he was supposed to be smiling i don't know if he was actually cracked up and they caught him laughing when he was supposed to be or, or, you know, but he, he was just standing in the ring awkwardly for a little bit too long. But I, I, don't, like, Miro, I know that Miro is flirting with like going into the ultimate warrior level of types of promos, but he's still not, he's still on the safe side. I, I don't know how much longer oh. he can carry this forward. I mean, it seems like it's going to have a lifespan on it. And, and it does work with the Book of Hobbes thing. I'm, I'm not sure where so, else it
0: works, but. So it
2: I don't know. I mean, I just I just uh, hope that like Gilgamesh and Eki do, these two become best friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a good reference.
1: Well, what would you call them as a tag team, but the books? Better friends. <laughs>
0: Better friends. <laughs>
1: uh, fuck. Or just book us. That's what they should be called. Uh, the the Septajuant. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I love this only because it it's so ridiculous. Oh, the Jesuits. Yeah. Why not? The sequels. seriously i love this so much because it was just so bad that it was good i
2: would
0: call them the gardeners of doom that's a good one (laughs) yeah gardeners of doom would work actually um all right next up would all right next up we get a recap of all the better than you Bay stuff and we are reminded that for this Huge enormous event coming up where eighty thousand people will be packed into the arena in London. There is zero heat for the main event, which is for your world championship. So the seeds of zero heat, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> Great comment, just quietly.
0: Oh
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah. man. I mean Thank shit. You,
0: retro. Um all right, well, it's time for the main event, which means that Jim Ross comes down to the ring, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Ross, still alive, still kicking, sort of. I mean, he's not kicking right now because his leg is all messed up, but yeah, he's alive.
2: To that oh, that. Down to he looks
1: like he's ready to go, man, in day now.
2: His contract ends in September. Oh, Maybe him and Edge God. will form
0: their own uh, fed. Yeah, Jim Ross and Edge just gonna go off and start their own uh, their own Sexton Hardcastle Championship wrestling. That would be great. Um,
1: oh god, I mean shit. I mean, I love Jr. But damn it, man, he needs to like. I don't know, man. He's looking pretty bad lately. I'm sorry. He's got to retire just
0: for phys- just just for himself physically because he's still got it health. in terms of announcing. I love his announcing. I still think he's the best announcer that they've got on this show. Um, Darby makes his way to the ring first. Jim Ross says that he's where he wants to be. He's a worldwide wrestling superstar. I'm not sure if that's exactly right yet, but hey, he's a he's a big part of AEW and yeah, I mean, I think if you would have if you would have told Darby Allen ten years ago that in ten years he would be in this position, he'd be pretty fucking stoked to hear it. So good for him.
1: Yeah, good for him, for sure. I mean, Darby is improved big time, man. I mean, we've got to give him credit for that. I mean, yeah, sure, he's still an indie darling in many ways. But I, I like how... Um, I don't know if it's because he's starting to look a little bit older, which he still looks young, don't get me wrong. But there's something different about him that just suits his character a lot more. Just the look of him, I just... Is, is it just me? as he beefed up a little bit? Even though it's not much, and I mean very minimal.
2: I'm sure a he little has. bit. He's yeah. not older. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious that he exercises. I mean, oh, uh, for sure. My Christopher Darby was in the beginning when they did the initial vignettes, basically tell you the rundown of the show who's going to be on. I couldn't hear a lot of what he was saying. He's he's got to he's got to enunciate more. He's got to speak a little bit more loudly. I know that's not his character, but. <sighs> it's not a good opening promo if I can't hear half of
0: it. Nick Wayne and Air Fox and and, and Sting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he talks like this.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he's got to put people on base. (laughs) (laughs) On this match, though,
2: I know that they have to promote the pay-per-view coming up, but they told you that uh, Darby Allen was going to face Lutrasaurus for the TNT title uh, at I think All Out. I think it's set set for not All In. Which I mean, it, if Christian won the match, beat Darby Allen, which we knew would happen, but if he did, wouldn't Darby Allen been, be knocked out of that title contention? So I didn't like that they promoted that match before this match occurred. They should have promoted it. Afterwards, because I would I would think that even though that's not the story that embedded in there, ingrained somewhere is that if Christian won, Darby is no longer entitled contention for Christian's title that Luchasaurus just you know happens to be holding for him.
0: Sure. I I agree I agree I like that when Christian was coming out wearing the TNT Championship, Nigel was talking him up as one of the best minds in the wrestling business, and I gotta say true just absolutely true christian every single time he comes out there he knocks it out of the park and i thought that this match was no different the the early part of this match was basically darby darby was locking in like shoulder and arm locks and christian was not able to get out of it and i gotta say I'm not terribly interested in what they do with this. But when I was watching the match, there was a, th- just this, the way that... Something about... I don't know if it was the facials or just the tiny little things that Christian and Darby were doing. I was really engaged even early on in like, can Christian get out of this arm lock? I I, I don't know why, but just watching it got me engaged right away. So shout outs to Christian and Darby, who I think is is becoming a much better pro wrestler too as, as he goes along. Although, I'll get into some things that I didn't like about the match as we get into it. but
1: Yeah, well, he has improved, though, tenfold, man. He's starting to understand psychology now in the ring, which is a big plus for someone like Derby who didn't get it at all when he first appeared in AEW.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron Ben uh, last last comment there. I got to say... He's right. I mean, when the man's right, the man's right. He said, can we all agree that there is something in Canada's water and air that creates amazing wrestlers? Yes. And also amazing wrestling podcasters. So <laughs> don't forget, it extends. You know, it just it, it <laughs> permeates the air here in Canada. Just pure greatness. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the match. Uh, Darby sort of wins the early exchanges here. Christian basically gets an upper hand um, by taking Darby down and keeping him down, keeping him grounded. Jim Ross talks about how, you know, if Darby's on the ground, he's not as effective. He's not nearly as effective if he can't get it, you know, if he can't get his legs moving and he can't get the head of steam, etc. talks about how smart of a wrestling tactic that is for Christian. I like that announce- that the announcers were talking about how smart Christian is because it's clear he's not fast. It's clear that he's not super strong and the reason why you highlight that in a heel is because people want to be fast and they want to be strong but if they hear that a guy is being able to win a match or being able to be effective in something by just being more clever than the other person i feel like that actually creates people who are less impressed there are and there are two examples of that from the world of boxing who always maintain kind of a heelish aspect to them and I think that part of it was because you knew that they weren't physically more gifted than the guys that they were in the ring with. So the first one is Bernard Hopkins. I don't know that Bernard Hopkins was faster than anyone he was ever in a boxing ring with, or stronger than most of the people he was in a boxing ring with. But he was able to win because he was so smart. He would set traps, and he was basically able to dominate you know, his matches cerebrally, right? And Behock was person- the man, Chris. He was the man, but he was he was sort of cast as the villain in all of his big matches, right? Like people wanted to see him get his ass kicked more than they wanted to see him win, right? Same thing with uh, Floyd Mayweather, who is very fast, right? But he's been in there against people who have way way more hand speed. Like I remember when he oh, went up against yeah. Zab Judah. Judah's you took the words right
1: out of my mouth. I was going to mention Zab Judah as well, but yeah, Judah is
0: ten times as fast with his hands. But he was not able to outthink Floyd Mayweather, and it made people hate Floyd. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I like that the announcers were talking up Christian's intelligence because that's a good way to get people to recognize that a wrestler is good without making people want to be that wrestler. So,
1: For sure. I agree, man.
0: All right. So uh, Darby continues to look for quick victories, trying to get the trying to get the win. Uh, trying to do roll-ups and stuff like that uh, Christian continues to um, you know focus on hurting Darby it seems pretty clear like he doesn't care that much about getting the win he actually wants Darby to be injured so he can't get the title so good little bit of storytelling there um, although Christian is still you know he's still playing it off as I still want the win because I'm kind of an egotistical maniac mm-hmm. and I want my win right but it seems like the most important thing to him is that Christian sets up for a spear, which allows Darby to do a counter uh, into a pretty quick uh, strike flurry and then the code red. Um, There's a double down in the corner before the break, and I want to take a moment to just breathe it in because there's a double down where both guys, they're fighting for position in the corner. Christian turns around, and they headbutt each other and drop down. (laughs) Professional wrestlers... This is what a drop... This is what a double down actually is meant to be, okay? Both guys hit something at the same time and they both drop, okay? If I hit you with a super kick and you no-sell it and hit me with a European uppercut and we both fall down after that, we both look like fucking idiots, okay? If you're going to do a double down, the connections have to be together, Okay? It has to be at the same time. Otherwise, your double down looks like fucking nonsense. So good for Christian and Darby on that. Um, back from break.
1: Darby. Go oh, ahead. Sorry, go no, ahead. Continue. No, no, I was going to say because I'm looking at the chat. And, you know, there's a few people in the chat saying that Darby won't last that long because of his style. I do think he'll settle down and we're seeing some sort of little snippets of him sort of slowing down. In the way he works i think you'll be all right in, in a while i think he will settle down to the point where he will work smarter and work better in the future
0: i sure hope so i mean because i don't i don't think he can do this for 10 years like
1: I, no no no, no not the way he's going right now but i do think he's slightly slowing down just a little bit right now
0: yeah well I'll tell you what, it didn't. It, it, his offense here tonight was still pretty fucking impressive-looking. So back oh, from break, sure. uh, Darby's getting back in the match with some incredibly heavy attacks in the corner. That's what I'm talking about. Wow, he's throwing his whole weight into these corner attacks. Um, distraction on the outside by Luchasaurus. Uh, Christian able to cut Darby off with a clothesline. Um, the ref is yelling at Christian to get in the ring. Really makes the match better. Uh, I've, I've said this before, but the referee is part of the cast here, right? So if the referee is distracting, like our like Aubrey Edwards, or completely useless, like most of the other referees in AEW, it takes away from the show because the referee is a part of the act, right? The referee needs to actually be doing something, you know, to add to 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 the match so when the referee here in the match is yelling at christian christian get in the ring win it in the ring man it it really elevated the moment it was like yeah good this is actually how a referee is supposed to be acting like they're part of the cast here um darby goes for the coffin drop on the apron but lucha moves christian at the last second so paul turner ejects the dinosaur and uh christian lands a belt shot what was a pretty believable near fall They, they they got me here i actually thought that that was the finish um darby gets his foot on the rope and the crowd chants this is awesome actually a deserved chant from the AEW crowd um christian goes for the spear but darby counters christian lands an apron power bomb into a spear but it's a two count and that's kind of the moment where the where i went okay guys like You know, I don't mind if he kicks out of a spear, but you did an apron powerbomb into a spear and still the two count. I need to see that Darby Allen can be beaten. Otherwise, I'm just not going to feel like I need to worry about him. And you're supposed to feel sympathy for a face. You're supposed to feel like, oh no, the good guy is about to lose. But if he just can't lose, I'm not going to feel that anymore. So they need to do something... They need to do something to make that a little bit better. Um, anyway, Darby, Darby wins in the end here, but it, it was a really good match. I don't want to take away from um, from the match. It was good, even though I didn't particularly love the finish. Um, and then uh, Tony gets in the ring. He goes to interview Darby, but he gets jumped by Luchasaurus and Christian. And then Christian forces Tony to count to three and announce him as the winner of the match. I didn't like the end, I didn't like that he kicked out of the spear after the apron powerbomb, all this stuff. I don't like the superhuman stuff that comes out of Darby sometimes, because he's not booked that way. If they actually booked him as he's superhuman a la The Undertaker, I could at least allow my brain to separate a little bit and allow for the possibility. But when I see somebody that small kick out of everything all the time it makes it hard for me to feel any sympathy for them. And therefore it makes it hard for the faces to do their job properly. Um, Jeff, we'll go with you first. What did you think of the match? And, um, did you hear anything in the last five minutes where I was just talking nonsense?
2: I don't want the audience to take my brevity here for, for lack of anything else, but I agree with almost every single thing you said until the end. Um, one i was a little bit taken out of the match because this because of what i said earlier before we started this the expose on the match which was the promotion the continued promotion of darby versus luchasaurus when you know there's still a match that could change that 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 match flow the, it would have been more interesting to said you know if if christian cage win this match isn't isn't he in line isn't he in line for a tnt title match and then the heel nigel will go what are you talking about he's already the tnt champion they could argue about that i mean i think that would have been more fun that said i thought the match itself was fine the ref kicked luchasaurus out good all that was good uh the only part i disagree with you on chris is that they have almost like 95 percent of the time book darby to be basically indestructible which which I hate it, and I still hate. But I, I can't say they haven't done it. I mean, like it it, 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 took like him being killed three or four weeks in a row by giants before, before it took Miro thirty minutes to beat him for the TNT title. So sorry. Uh, let,
0: let me clarify. What I mean is, I know they've booked him to be indestructible, and I hate that, and it annoys the crap out of me. What I mean is, um, the Undertaker is not consider to be like a normal human in wrestling right right? like there's something like spooky about him right he has superpowers essentially and if you were if you were to book Darby Allen and tell me that as a character he has some kind of superpower then maybe I could believe him being as indestructible as he is like if if they were trying to convince me that he you know he was injected with the blood of of the you know Hercules or whatever. Maybe that's a spider. Sure. Then I could believe it. But as is, it just comes across as they're playing at this. Because a guy that small, being able to kick out of absolutely everything is unbelievable to the point where I can't suspend my disbelief
2: now I'm, I'm with you on this i just accept it at this point because this is right. what it is i mean they have explained it basically his life was so hard and so rough that he's half he's already dead inside and and thus basically he's like the people from the iron islands right The uh, what that that has already been killed cannot die or whatever whatever they used to say on, on game of thrones um but uh yeah, I mean that 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 that's his thing. Is that he's already half dead? Not not to steal too much from A. Track Brown, but he can't be beat in these mean streets. I mean that that's sort of, that's that sort of the Darby Allen thing. And is it ridiculous? Yes, but has it been his thing the entire time? So I. I I don't know why I buy it more with him than I do with Orange Cassidy, but they're both the same. No, nothing can stop them, and, and, and even if something can hurt them, it won't stop them, only something very, very e- extreme. I, I guess because Darby actually wrestles like he knows he's a little
1: guy and throws himself Exactly. That's why, Jeff. And, and Orange exactly Cassidy why.
2: doesn't. like he, he wrestles like he's a 225-pound man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I mean – the, the match itself was good. I, I, I just, I just don't feel like Darby Allen versus Christian Cage was more of a was more of a main event. Uh, I, I don't know. I, never mind. I, I withdraw that. I, uh, aside from that little difference, I, I agree with everything you say. I think this was, it was the match was good and it was fine. I, I just didn't quite feel like it was a main event of a TV show
0: match. Okay, I get that. I felt the same I'm way about a- Sheamus. I'm like,
2: I'm like, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, we yeah. should have cared more about the Edge and Sheamus match. For some reason, we didn't, but it is what it is. But um, but as far as this match goes, I mean, what you both said is spot on. I can't really add anything more to that other than what you guys just both said. Because um, it's true, you know what I mean? I mean, again, why are we building properly to all in and all out?
0: I I, can't, I really could not tell you why why the build for both of these shows has been so completely weak, but it absolutely has. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. As far as the show goes, um, let's go ahead and we'll give our letter grades and everything, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Inside of two hours, like fucking bosses. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give this a B. It was a good show. it was still the best wrestling show on television. This doesn't hit the heights of some of collision you know so far but it, I also don't think that you could say that this was the worst uh, episode in 10 weeks and um, good wrestling matches, some pretty good uh, some pretty good uh, interviews. Um and I like the way that we started with CM Punk being under the gold and everything. I thought that that was clever and interesting and I didn't see it coming until the very end. So yeah, it's going to get a B from me. Uh Jimmy, let's go to you first.
1: Did you say B? A B. Wow. I'm going to say a D because wow. again, d- did we move forward like we should have other than the punk stuff? I mean, yeah, I don't know, B. I'm surprised with the Bs. I personally think this was the worst episode so far, for me anyway.
0: Okay. Well, Jeff, you get to be the tiebreaker. Um, I, I I think that
2: last week was was the worst, or maybe two weeks ago. I don't remember. There was one week where I gave it a C or C minus. Um, I'm going to go with B minus, uh, only because like like I thought it was a solid B show in in a vacuum but because there's supposed to be this bill to all in and all out it didn't quite do that and and part of that is is just the impossible strictures that the AEW puts on things where you're you're trying to promote three TV shows and two to three pay-per-views all at the same time as well as, you know, giving nods to New Japan and AAA and everyone else under the sun at the same time but it didn't it there is such a disconnect between collision and the rest of AEW that it takes away from the builds so it, on one hand it gives and on the other hand it takes away so i'm going to go with b minus just cuz it didn't build that much towards all in for me but still i i would say it was the best wrestling show of the week
0: all right good deal well uh fellas let's uh, let's let's go ahead and do plugs jimmy where can the people find you
1: well you can find me at DJ Mass Effects on Twitter and also you can find us at the PwC Network but like and subscribe right here at channelattitude.com where for five bucks you get the best talk in all of pro wrestling I mean mediagroup.podbean.com and the pwcnetwork.podbean.com and that's a wrap
0: alright Jeff where can people find you?
1: on
2: Twitter Icar- Fell MD, and I know Jimmy gave out my secret idea machismo when I had to leave early <laughs> um I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, you can find me same places. You can find these guys on the PwC and the Humming Media Group. You can also find my uh, wrestling podcast that doesn't involve these two, Hammerlock Hangover, was just dropped today with Steve Pena. You can find that on the PwC as well as other places. And you can find Garden of Doom and Garden Views on both Humming Media Group and the PwC, among other places. And Garden of Doom and Garden Views have almost nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever. So check those things out. Hope you like them. And that's all I got to say. $5, $5, to the Haming media group, to the Ayatollah
0: of WrestleRola. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you can find me on Twitter. Sams One. You can go there to uh, read everything that I have to say about politics, pro wrestling, whatever the hell else comes to my mind. Um, you can find me right here on HMG and ChannelAdipto.com where we do this show where every Sunday at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time, after the collision, we sift through... The wreckage. Yeah, good. You guys actually did it like in time that time. That was that was good. We're, we're getting better at that, guys. Um, but also, you can find me. Uh, you can find me Monday, where I'll be uh, where I'll be uh, reviewing Impact for the Impact Attack with Brandon. Um, vet is taking a week off, so I'm I'm I, I get to be the vet. No, I'm not, I'm not even going to claim that. Um,
3: <laughs> I
0: get to I get to be on the show and I get to talk Impact Wrestling with Brandon we will try to be as brilliant as we possibly can to make up for the fact that that's not there. Um, you can also find me, um, on the smack attack with John Enright and these two dudes, um, and on rampage uncaged. Uh, yeah. So those are the shows you can find me on those shows. You can also find me on the P W C. That is the pro wrestling coalition, uh, that I run with, uh, my friends here, Jimmy and Jeff, um, the vet is running from the law, it says Retro Rocket Review. Well, I mean, maybe he flashed his gun at somebody angrily on the on the highway. You never know. Um, speaking of which, mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to talk about that because I didn't hear from FTR, even though Kevin Kelly told oh, me that this week we were going to hear from FTR. And then I we didn't about hear that. from FTR. Actually, before
1: anyway. we go, Chris, what do you think is going on there?
0: I have no idea why you would announce it on TV and then not follow through. I get why he was on the poster. Okay, if you didn't know until yesterday that this happened, then okay, you can say, well, the poster was made already. We had, you know, we, we had nothing to do with that it had nothing to do with it. But why would you have your announcer say you're gonna hear from FTR who have been in the news a bit this week and then not have them show up? What are you doing?
1: It's weird. Well,
0: we, we they said we were going to hear from
2: Miro in the announcement, and we then we learned he was in the building, and he was on the video screen. I mean, this is this is consistent with. Listen, I I, I think that Tony probably made the right call to do some amount of damage control and PR while it's still hot, and hope that this sort of fades away over the last week. And about that, I don't think he's wrong. I think it was sort of cowardly, but vignettes do count as hearing from somebody in wrestling and uh, you know, I like to nitpick as much as the, the, the next guy, but we did in fact see him in yet where we did hear their voices. And it wasn't all stuff that we've seen on pre-recording just 90% of it.
0: All right, whatever. Uh, good. We're both, we're all a little confused about it, What happened exactly and what is going to happen moving forward. So I guess, hey, that's creating some buzz, at least. If he can make it to England, it'll be buzz worth, uh, worth paying off. So we're hoping that he can. And uh, if we don't hear anything before the pay-per-view, then I guess we just got to cross our fingers and hope we hear from him. But um, for Jeff Lipman, for Jimmy T, I've been Chris Ams. You've been a wonderful audience. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Thank you to everybody who, who listens and who maintains our wonderful standing here at HMG and ChannelAttitude.com. We love you. We really honestly appreciate everything that you guys do to help make the shows better. And uh, thank you very much for everything that you do. Uh, good night. Bye-bye. Olay. Jeff? Stay with my friends. All right.
1: Peace.
3: Peace.